find that you have a hard time figuring out what to eat for dinner? Like when you're talking with a significant other and saying, hey, what do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. What do you want to eat? It sounds kind of funny and people talk about it a lot. It's a thing. It's a thing that's on memes. But did you ever think that it could maybe be some kind of trauma response? Coming up, we're going to delve into what the fawn response is and some of the things that you can start doing about it today on this episode of Mission My Life. Welcome back to the channel. Happy New Year. This is a no fear new year on Mission My Life. We hope that you enjoyed the kickoff to the no fear new year, which was our interview with author Lori Markbart. If you haven't heard that or seen it, go back and take a look at that because it's a great way to go into the new year talking about uh, mental health issues so that we can get them out in the open. We can heal from them. It was pretty much a no holds barred conversation. And that's what I really, really liked about it. Lori and I have a lot of history. Uh, we've been friends now for probably about at least 32 ish years. And uh, so it was very comfortable and, and, and we know a lot about each other. So we didn't feel like we had to put any kid gloves on. We felt like we could talk about anything. So it's a really worthwhile conversation. I will link below. Um, in the description so that you guys can easily get back to that. But going forward, we are going to talk about how to finally go through life without any fear in your life. And part of that fear is something that is known as the fawn response. What is that? Well, that's why I specialize in. If you are new to the channel, my name is Dana Cooper. I'm a codependency recovery coach. And I like to help people live their best lives. I know, I know that I think that's kind of out. I think people don't like to say living your best life. However, maybe we got to say living your most authentic life. So let's go with that. Uh, if you are in fear of what people think, uh, of what people might do to you uh, for your own opinions and your own likes, then you are definitely living in fear. And we want to try to get rid of that in this no fear new year and it's not a no fear you know new year for a couple months right this is going to be no fear new year for the rest of the year and we're going to get to later on in the year we are going to get to a, a series specifically around fear but right now i want to try to help you all start becoming visible in your lives and by being visible i mean being who your true self is to the world. So that's why the first thing we have to start talking about and working on is something called the fawn response. Now, you could actually wrap this up and say the fawn response really is what codependency is, really is what people pleasing is. This is the main root cause for codependency and people pleasing. The fawn response is basically an inability to say no. And it's an extreme self-abandonment of who you are 
and what you want in your life. How does this happen? So when children are severely punished for any opinions they have for saying no, and many times a parent will punish under the guise of this is talking back. And the severe punishment over time helps lead the child to believe that as long as they don't express who they are and their opinions, then they can gain favor from their parents. And ultimately, as this trait is taken into adulthood, it's for the whole world around them. And so you don't only see this in a parent-child relationship, but then you start to see that in any relationship that the person has. The relationship could be with a, a work um, you know, supervisor, it can be with the significant others in their lives. And so little by little, the child just learns how to suppress who they are as a survival mechanism. It's a huge, like, it's a huge self-abandonment of who they are. And what really happens over time is that anyone who has gone through this particular trauma, who has developed the fawn response, where they are completely people-pleasing without any acknowledgement of their own feelings, after a while, you even start to forget who you are at your core. I talked about this a few videos back. I can also link to that one below, where I talk about finding out your values as a way of finding your way back to yourself. And that's honestly the first step in becoming visible. Because once you know who you are, in the you know on the inside and what you stand for it's a lot easier to say no to things so that you can actually say yes to the things that you know play well with your values and so what could be some of the ways in which we can identify if this may be us that this may pertain to how we are acting in the world. So when I talk about fawning, I need you to understand that it's a fear-based inability to express your rights and your wants and your needs and your boundaries in a relationship. And unfortunately, as an adult, when we can't express those needs and wants because our personality has been extinguished either because of our interactions with our parents or a supervisor at work, or a, an overbearing, perhaps bully in our lives, we open ourselves up to relationship after relationship where we are abused and neglected. So right now, I wanna take a minute to read off some people-pleasing behaviors that may cause these safety-seeking reactions. Uh, so number one, you will listen more than you talk. Number two, you will agree more than to dissent when uh, somebody has a differing opinion. Number three, you will give more care than ask for help. Number four, you will elicit the other person's opinion than to accept your own. And number five, you will leave the choice of someone else rather than express your own preferences. And I think this is funny because a lot of us have the issue with a significant other or a friend or whatever. Like, where do you want to go eat tonight? Uh, where do you want to go eat? Well, I don't know. You pick. Well, I don't know. You pick. 
there have been videos and memes and I can't tell you how many, you know, how much content made about the inability <laughs> to choose something to eat. Now, I mean, that could just be, it could just be, you know, you're not particularly hungry. For me, sometimes it is. It's like, I ate a big lunch. I don't know what I want for dinner. But there might be some truth to the fact that it could be because you have two people pleasers <laughs> in the same room and they don't want to get the other person upset by deciding where to go eat. Um, you know, I, when I was talking about, uh, let's see, you will give, you will give more care than ask for help. I have experienced that time and time again in the workplace when I'm overloaded and I help somebody else and I just give and give and give and give and never ask any help with my own tasks. This goes far beyond relationships. This leads into pretty much every area of your life. Well, I guess if you're really thinking about it, relationships are every area of your life. You have your relationship with people at work. You have relationship with people at your home. You have relationship with your friends that you see out. Uh, so it does, it does bleed into every area. Um, so you might be saying to yourself, I, I know I've done a lot of blaming on the parents, right? So you may be saying to yourself, I had a great childhood. I don't know what you're talking about, but I kind of do some of these things. But so, so what happened? Let me explain something. Um, if I haven't talked about this before, there's a concept called good enough parents. And I think I might've said something before about that on a, on an earlier video. Parents, I hate to break it to you out there, but there will be a way in some way that you will parent your child not absolutely perfectly. And let's say you have a perfect childhood. You are loved. You are not neglected. But it comes this one thing. Your parents were very much, you know, looked at you voicing an opinion as talking back. You know, but, but you had a great childhood otherwise. It still has taught you in some way or form to stuff the real you down inside. And I'm not saying that this has to be as necessarily, you know, that your parents are bad. You know, they did the best they could with the information they had at the time when they were raising you. But as long as they showed you love, and they didn't neglect you. Great. That is awesome. They were good enough parents, but maybe in this one way, they weren't, they weren't completely neglective or a, you know, neglectful or abusive. And that's, and that's fine. And that's great. But there's always going to be a little something because no parent, no parent is perfect. It's also extremely possible that this came from, as I've mentioned, you know, a work supervisor or a friendship that you got into. It just takes one person that doesn't have great intent for you to come into your life and start causing this cycle of fawn response. So that's something to think about when you're starting to think about where this might have entered into your life. So after you take some time to sit and think about how this may have happened, how you got into the habit of 
fawning, of being a people pleaser, having an inability to say no to somebody or, you know, constantly not holding boundaries with someone. Once you've reflected on that and thought about, you know, how this possibly could have happened, one of the best ways to start getting out of that is to start writing down the people in your life that trigger that kind of response. Like I said, for me, it can be supervisors in the workplace. I'm telling you, that's for me, that's been the hardest place to get rid of this uh, was, was with supervisors. It was much easier when I started on this journey to get rid of it in my personal life because I needed that piece immediately. So that was something for me to, that I had no problem at that point going, mm, that's, that's going to stop right now. I, I really need to have that piece personally. But to get rid of it in my business life was a lot harder. And, you know, I don't doubt that that's going to be hard for a lot of people out there because, you know, you got to work, you got to make that money, right? So you don't want to be fired. Um, but we'll, we'll go into that probably in some videos down the line. But right now, think about the ways, you know, in which there are certain people in your life that can trigger that fond response in you. Once you've kind of figured out the people in your life that trigger that response, the next thing you're going to want to do is start writing down what you're going to do differently. I know you're sitting there going, <laughs> that's really cute. So why would you even need to be here and trying to seek this out for yourself? Like what you would do if you already knew. So let me give you a few pointers. Um, cause that's fair. That's a totally fair way to react to this. Uh, so here's some suggestions uh, that I have written down. Number one, you can resolve to remain true to your own wants. And that's pretty much standing up for your boundaries. And, uh, you know, everybody, a lot of people have trouble with boundaries. So don't feel bad if you are one of the people that does have issues with that. We can do a whole video about, you know, boundaries, a whole podcast about that. But resolve to remain true to what you want. And I'm not saying don't ever compromise. Compromise is good. As long as the other person is willing to compromise, then compromise is great. But try to, if somebody's trying to bulldoze over your wants, try to remain true to those. Uh, number two, resolve to tell the truth, even if there may be a conflict. That one's hard. That one's hard in the workplace. A lot of supervisors don't want to hear the truth. Try to remain as truthful as possible in the situation without being rude, without being mean, without name calling. You can do this as a very non-emotional, you know, even keeled thing. Just stick to the truth. Number three, remind yourself that it's your right to be who you are authentically. And that's why we're here. And that's why I'm doing this No Fear New Year because it is your right to be you authentically. If you aren't being you authentically, you're going to miss out on so much, so much of what you want to do with your life, so much of what's the right fit for you to be doing in your life. Okay. So I know that's a lot. Um, and it's going to take a lot of practice. So here's the thing. You, this isn't going to 
this isn't going to happen for you like overnight. You're not going to become this huge, visible, authentic person overnight. It's going to take practice. You just have to resolve to take that practice. So again, start writing down. Here's the people that put me into that fond response. And then here are the ways that I can react the next time this comes up. After you do all that, it's time to put it in practice, right? So here's something that I realized. I had this great list because I did this exercise. I had this great list of people who triggered me. And then I went out in the real world and I found out that other people that were not on my list would trigger me. So there's a story that I like to tell. I went out with a good friend of mine and we went to this coffee place. And I had ordered, I think I had ordered like a mocha or something like that. And I got a hot chocolate. And I was staring at this hot chocolate because usually here's the thing. I used to not send back any food. Now, I'm not saying be a Karen about it. I'm not saying, you know, send every little thing back. If it's something that you can totally like, you know, like the food is slightly cold. I mean, you don't want like, ice cold food on your plate. But I mean, you see what I'm saying? You can temper that. But I did. So truth, full disclosure, I am a type two diabetic. I didn't want the hot chocolate. (laughs) So I have this hot chocolate sitting in front of me. And my friend who is a lot better at this than I am said to me, he said to me, that's not what you ordered. Send it back. And it kind of dawned on me. I kind of had this light bulb moment that, oh my gosh, this is it. This is, this is the kind of stuff that I was learning about. And it also let me know why I had a problem sending it back. I, and the more I thought about it, the real, that I realized that it's because I didn't want to burden anybody. <laughs> That's their job. Their job is to make the coffee I ordered. <laughs> so uh, how, how, how could I be burdening them? Sure, is it gonna be uncomfortable? Are they gonna be happy that they didn't get it right? No, nobody's happy when they make a mistake. And you know, I, I just don't be a jerk about it and say, hey, you know, you're bad at your job. You can't do this. No, I, <laughs> I was like, Hey, I, I ordered a mo- It was really loud in there and he probably didn't hear me. And so I, I told him and he still went, Oh no, that's what you ordered a hot chocolate. I'm like, no, I ordered a, a mocha. It was something, I don't know. I think it was like similar in sounding it. Like it wasn't just a mocha. It was like, it had some kind of name that was naming convention that was different. And no, was he happy about making it? No. Was he happy? But no, he wasn't. But you have to deal with that uncomfortable feeling more and more if you're going to start, you know, being who you are, getting your needs met and everything. And after a while, that it doesn't really bother you anymore. So, I mean, when I tell this story, when I first told this story, I could still feel the bit of being uncomfortable about it. But now I don't. So if it's not something I ordered, you know, then I have no problem sending it back at all. Uh, 
sometimes I'll investigate. Is this what I ordered? I'll look at the menu. I'll look at it because I'm like, I don't think I recognize that, you know, but if it's truly not what you ordered, send it back. However, I had problems not wanting to burden anybody because that's how I had been made to feel throughout my childhood, that I was a burden and I just needed to be grateful for what I got and I needed to not have an opinion about it and I needed to not tell anybody no. And so that translated into my, into my adulthood and I couldn't even send back a coffee that was wrong. It's really good to get clear on our path because once we can do that, we can move forward into healthier behaviors. Does that mean that everyone is going to move forward with us? No, it, it's, it's not. And if you're not comfortable with that right now, don't do this process yet. When you are comfortable moving ahead, understanding that the people who may have been in relationship with you only because you agreed with everything they wanted and everything that they did and didn't have any opinions of your own, when you are comfortable with the fact that after you start expressing your needs and wants, they may not be around then try this exercise. It's not for everybody in any place that they are right now, but if you are in a true place where you want to start moving forward with your life and be the real person than you are, then it's time to start examining that past, thinking about how this may have happened, how you became a person who relied on this fawn response to get them through life, whether it be your parents, a relationship, something that happened at work. And, and then start thinking about, you know, how you can fix this going forward until you're comfortable with the fact that, you know, some people are not going to be around after you become yourself, then, then don't do this. But if you are comfortable with that, it's time. It's time to start living with that no fear to be yourself in this new year. So tell me in the comments, is this helpful? Do you want to see more about the ways in which you can become visible and show up for yourself? We're going to do it. We're going to do it this year of no fear. So until then, until next time, we're going to talk more about becoming visible. But until then, I want y'all to make your life your mission. And we'll definitely see you soon.